You're listening to Leading and Learning. This is the place where we talk about practical leadership, theology, fitness, how to create winning habits, and so much more. My name is David Spell, and I'm a retired police officer, a pastor, a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on leading and learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading and Learning. This is episode number 417, book excerpt, Miracles in Mark. Miracles in Mark was my second book. My first one was Peter and Paul in Acts, which is a study of the Acts of the Apostles. Miracles in Mark takes the reader through Mark's gospel, and we examine in, in some detail all of the miraculous all the supernatural things that Jesus did in that incredible gospel. Mark's the gospel that focuses on action rather than teaching. Uh, it's probably written to the Roman church, so that gives you a little bit of the culture there. They were much more concerned with uh, what people did rather than what people said. And so we see so many of Jesus' miracles, so many of uh, great examples of him in action in Mark's gospel. And so today, I want to um, just take a, a chapter, a short chapter, and read, um, give you a taste of miracles in Mark. Um, the the resource highlight for today, no, no surprise, is Miracles in Mark. Uh, it's a great book for personal Bible study and for group study. But also, as far as re resource highlights, uh, I created with Miracles in Mark a video course. It's got 20-something uh, short videos, all of them are probably 15 minutes or less, and you know so much great material from the book is included in this course. And so this video course actually um, is just so perfect for a small group study because you've got the video um, that you can show at the beginning, and that kind of sparks the conversation and the discussion in the group. And I really think it's just a great tool. So by all means, check it out. The book, and if you're, you're, you're really wanting to get into to a group study or even great personal study, get the video course as well because I know they will help you. So we're going to read chapter 19, The Feeding of the 4,000. During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people, for they have already been with me for three days and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. He told the crowd to sit out on the ground, and when he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to set before the people, and they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people all ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over, about 4,000 men were present. So that's from Mark 8, 
1 through 9. This second miraculous feeding has been seen by many scholars as merely a retelling of the feeding of the 5,000 from Mark 6.30 and following. While the feeding of the 5,000 is recorded in all four Gospels, Matthew is the only other evangelist besides Mark to record the feeding of the 4,000. While Matthew provides some extra material about the type of ministry Jesus was doing during this three days of ministry, his account of the actual feeding miracle is almost identical to Mark's. Mark clearly differentiates between the two feedings. There are several reasons why we should understand that Mark presented two separate miraculous feedings. First of all, the setting is very different. In the earlier feeding, Mark refers to the crowd as being seated on the green grass. Here, there's no mention of grass, and from the disciples' comment about them being in a remote place, one gets the feeling that they are even more in, in even more of an isolated uh, location than before. There is also Jesus' reference to how far people have traveled to be with him. In discussing the location of this second feeding miracle, it should be noted also that this one appears to take place in a predominantly Gentile area. It took place during those days in which Jesus was ministering in areas that were mostly non-Jewish. So while the first feeding miracle took place in Jewish territory, here Jesus works a similar miracle in an area dominated by Gentiles. Not only is the location of the two feedings different, the situation is different as well. In the first feeding, the crowd followed Jesus and his disciples as they were trying to find a place to be alone. Jesus spent the rest of the day teaching the crowd and performed the miraculous feeding late in the day. In the feeding of the 4,000, this crowd had been with Jesus for three days. While Mark does not give us any details of that ministry time, Matthew tells us, great crowds came to him, bringing him the lame, the blind, the crippled, the dumb, and many others, and laid them at his feet. And he healed them. The people were amazed when they saw the dumb speaking, the crippled made well, and the lame walking, and the blind seeing. And that's from Matthew 15, verses 30 and 31. While the first feeding miracle occurred after a day of teaching, the second feeding miracle occurred after three days of spectacular healings and miracles. A third indicator that the feeding of the 4,000 was separate from the feeding of the 5,000 was the fact that Jesus referred to both miracles in a conversation he had with his disciples. In Mark 8, 19-21, he reminds them of both miracles and asks them how much food was left over from those two miraculous feedings. Jesus used both miracles to remind his disciples that he could provide for them as well as to trigger their faith in who he was. After reminding the disciples of the two miracles, Jesus asked them, do you still not understand? Another of the differences between the two feeding miracles is the fact that in the feeding of the 5,000, the disciples took the initiative, asking Jesus to send the people away. 
In this story, Jesus takes the initiative and makes a statement of the problem to his disciples. Their response indicates that they are not expecting Jesus to repeat the miracle he performed with the crowd of 5,000. But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? In both feeding miracles, Jesus involved his disciples. They were not cognizant of his intention in either situation, yet he still made sure that they were part of the solution. In both miracles, Jesus blessed the food and then gave it to the disciples, who in turn distributed it to the multitude. After both miracles, the disciples gathered the leftovers. In this case, there were seven basketfuls of leftovers. This miracle again provides the reader with the assurance that Jesus is able to meet all of our needs. The many broken pieces that were left over are the symbol of the inexhaustible spiritual food which is not diminished by being used. If the two miraculous feedings are allusions to the Last Supper, Jesus is seen as the bread that was broken for us and nourishes our deepest spiritual hunger. At the same time, we must never lose sight of the fact that this miracle, like so many that Jesus performed, was performed in response to human need. The primary purpose of this feeding is to meet the physical needs of the multitude who chose to be nourished by Jesus' word rather than bread. The primary motive of Jesus' ministry was to minister to and serve those in need. As Jesus said, I have compassion for these people. That compassion was the driving force behind Jesus doing the things he did. So that was chapter 19 of Miracles in Mark, the, the feeding of the 4,000. Hope you enjoyed it. And, and I encourage you to check the book out. Click on the link in the, uh, the resource highlights. You can go to Amazon and read, read a little bit for free. But, um, but I just think it'd be a great book to have on your shelf. It's a great book to read as you read Mark's gospel. It's going to really give you some insight and depth of understanding in some things that you might not have picked up before. So by all means, check out Miracles in Mark and the video course that accompanies it. Well, I'd love to hear from you. Um, have, have you read Miracles in Mark? Which gospel is your favorite? Uh, Mark tends to be the one that I go back to over and over again, even though I read all of them, reading Matthew right now. But, uh, you know, the gospels are such an important part of our faith and our Christian heritage because it's there we find the, the, the words, and, and especially here in Mark, the actions of Jesus, the things that he did. And what can we possibly learn from all the things that Jesus did. And that's what Miracles in Mark is about. So go to davidspell.com. I'd love to hear from you. Let me have a question or comment if you have one. Um, just enter that question or comment in the comment section for today's post at davidspell.com. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter. I send it out um, periodically talking about some of the missionary stuff that we're doing. Um, just sent out a newsletter a few days ago talking about my wife and I's trip to uh, Brazil. We just got back from a two-week ministry trip um, in that beautiful country, preaching and teaching and uh, working with so many great churches down there. So, um, you know, if you want to stay in touch with us, just enter your name and 
um, I will make sure you get on the mailing list and you'll get those newsletters. So friends, thanks for being with me and we will see you next week on Leading and Learning.